Hello and welcome to Books and Stuff I Like, where each week I discuss books and stuff I like. We've got a great one today. We're going to be talking about two books by Nelson Algreen. I don't know if that is the right pronunciation. What a surprise there. As well as the last of three books in the installment of Saga. So let's get right into it. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Once again, I feel like I should apologize. Oh, it's in in my little past world. It's starting to get bad. I <laughs> I would give a lot of money to know what it is like right now. As you are listening to this, I hope you are well and everything is well in your life. Things things uh, there there's there's not a lot right now to feel good about. So we just have to work a little bit harder. I have changed. um, Outside of all my worldly obligations and, you know, the the general things that a person needs to do to um, continue surviving, I'm doing whatever the heck I want to do whenever I can. And I always try to do that, but but I, I, I try to do things that are they're good for me. Like I have my half hour of self-improvement reading each evening. That's out the window right now. Threw it out. My self-improvement is is doing something fun. I need a little morality boost. That's what I'm doing. But I'm not taking it. You know, I'm still I'm still eating reasonable. I'm not gonna have duck curry every meal of the day, even though I I wish I could. I like duck curry so much. I haven't had had fast food in in a good long while. Maybe maybe I'll get some fast food here soon, but I'm having a great time. I'm having a great time with it. I watched a movie on Amazon Prime the other week. It's called Vast is the Night. It's it's the new movie that Amazon Prime is pushing everybody to watch. It's one of their original movies. I don't quite know how those are made or produced, but it had really good. I was using that real good uh, thing I've I've talked about before that that gives you a better algorithm of what to watch. And and it said that the critics said this was a great movie. And if Amazon says it and Real Good says it and the critics say it, I'm going to watch the movie. And it started off so great. Imagine this. It's it's a uh, here's the premise of the movie. There's a a little New Mexico town in the 1950s and a radio operator starts hearing funny things and they go to investigate and is it an alien? Who the heck knows? It has everything I would want. The The, the movie opens up and there's a smooth, fast-talking 1950s uh, young adult radio operator. Like my dream person. I, I had a huge man crush on this fella. And he goes and and he's he's in his little radio room doing radio stuff, and I just think that's the greatest thing. And then they're 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 hearing aliens, and I just I read Contact. I loved Contact. I love all that alien stuff. I was in love. But then the movie. Okay, so here 
I'm not going to ruin anything for anybody. And by the end of this, you're, you're not going to watch this movie. So who cares if I, if I ruin it or not, because it's stupid. As they investigate these noises coming into the radio, it gets weirder and weirder. And, and they, they go on a, they have a series of adventures, but as they're investigating it, people call into the radio station saying, let me tell you about these noises. I know about these noises back in. And then you, you think the screen would show the little hazy sign and then they're going to go to have a flashback. No, you sit there for 15 minutes, watch the radio operator make facial expressions while the caller recounts the story about the, the aliens. And you do that for 15 minutes, and then you do that in some way, shape, or form five more times, and then the movie's over. What a cop-out. The whole movie is people sitting there showing facial expressions while somebody tells them a story about some aliens. You never see an alien. You never, you never get a flashback. You never get anybody moving. It's people sitting listening to stories. Um, now, I get, I get the person paying for this movie to be made, and that's much cheaper than, uh, you know, making an alien. But, you know, don't, somebody, there is somebody who was involved with this movie who decided to half-ass it. And that's what, that's what gets me, um, gets me flustered about this. Either, either make that movie, you know, great. And, and I get if, if you're, if you are strapped for cash, I mean, figure it out. Make a make a half hour crappy movie with with a you know an alien. I'm not asking for multiple aliens. Just maybe one alien. And then I don't know. Just so vast as the night could could have and should have been just a great movie. But I I think we got our answers why it went straight to Amazon Prime. It didn't even go to the good streaming service. It wasn't even a straight to Netflix movie. Um. Yeah, so I lost interest in it pretty quick. It could have been great, should have been great. Maybe you'd like it. I, I don't know. People have liked it. Again, it's a, it's a good idea for a movie. I'm all fired up now. Uh, the the so the song of the week is "Misanthropic Drunken Loner" by Days and Days. Um, I very much enjoy a genre of music called folk punk. Uh, I, I don't, I don't expect you to enjoy this genre of music. I, I like it. And I've always wondered if somebody said, well, what's folk punk? What should I listen to? What do you give them first? Because it's all just terrible. I realize it's terrible. But uh, I think Misanthropic Drunken Loner is a good starting point or a good representation of what folk punk can be. It is a good, fun song. I kind of had forgotten about it, so I, I'm glad it popped up this week. I've been listening to that quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, uh, vast, vast is the Night, I think it's called. I, uh, it, it, it doesn't get any basal points. You win some, you lose some. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So I I read a fair amount of books in high school. 
that's when I mean as a kid I w- I was a reader. Uh, I don't I don't think I be I'm not even sure if I'm a serious reader yet. It's uh, in high school I started reading and I didn't know anything. I'm I'm not sure if I know anything yet. So I kind of just poured through the obvious ones, the Hemingways, the Fitzgeralds. I don't know how I stumbled across John Updike in high school, but I read a lot of John Updike. I love John Updike. Uh, Steinbeck's. Um, and then there were some of the cult classics, The One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Catch-22, Brave New World, 1984, Atlas Shrugged. You know, those are good times. It was easy pickings because I hadn't read book books before. And not the book books. So I, I really wish I could go back 10 seconds and not say that. And I could edit that out. I'm not going to because I need you to know that I made a mistake. Book books, books, it's all the same. Then I went to college and I was an, an English major. And in college I didn't read a whole lot because I was reading for college. And then I read literature and, and I, I could go on a lot of... I could have a whole other podcast about the nature of the English major in the 2010s, but that isn't exciting to me. Um, So I I read a fair amount, but I didn't read for fun. And then there was grad school, and it was the same kind of deal. Read a fair amount, but didn't read for fun. So I had a period of, you know, seven, eight years where I didn't read for fun. And if you haven't picked up on this, reading is a big part of my recreation time. That's a good way to put it. So I get out of grad school and and I'm like, what the heck am I supposed to do now? So I kind of floundered for a bit. One thing I did, and I love that, I, I, I wish people realized you could do this more. I just emailed an old professor and said, hey, I feel like we had similar interests. I enjoyed your classes. You enjoyed me as a student. You have any books? I don't know what I'm supposed to be reading. He gave me a great list. Like I'm up until pretty recently, I I was still kind of plowing through that list, um, which was great, very great. Um, 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 I say um a lot, and I'm trying to stop that, but I feel like I had something else important to mention, but. He turned me on to an author called, named, not called. People are named things, not called things. Get your head in the game. Nelson Algren, A-L-G-R-E-N. So Algren sounds like it would be writer than Al Green, right? Writer is definitely a word. You can look it up. Don't don't really look it up, though, but it, it it's probably kind of a word. Nelson Algren. Okay, so this fella was on the peripheries of all the cool um, counterculture folks that we all, I, really like. So, Nelson Algren in popular media in Trout Fishing in America. I'm pretty sure we've talked about that here. Pretty, pretty sure. In Trout Fishing in America... They mentioned, uh, like, carting up a wino and shipping him to Nelson Algren. I, I don't 
I can't make any sense of that. I can't make any sense out of that book. It's a wonderful book. I, I hope I've talked about it here. I'll look that up. Um, one of his books are called, is called A Walk on the Wild Side by Nelson Algren. That might sound awful close to a book, a song by Lou Reed, Walk on the Wild Side. And that's where he got the name. Um, so I don't even get me started on Lou Reed. I love Lou Reed, everything about Lou Reed, everything about Velvet Underground, just wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, now this isn't so much a pop culture thing, but a movie was made or a screenplay or something off of one of the books I'm, I'm going to be discussing. And it was written by ready for it. John Fonte. See, it's all connected people. Um, but you can, you can kind of get the gist of Nelson Algren. So I have two books by him on my shelf. I read them. I liked them. I think he wrote other books, but I'm probably not going to read any others. The, the, the first one I want to discuss is called The Man with the Golden Arm. Brilliant book. This was either in the 40s or 50s. Both of these books were published. So The Man with the Golden Arm follows a, a young man, uh, is the main protagonist, but it, it it focuses really closely on his inner circle. They're a, they're a Polish group in Chicago. Um, now, this was kind of similar to A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, which is kind of problematic, but I don't it's deeper than than the attention I'm giving it, but it's when like being a Polish group in Chicago was like you were a it, it was a distinct ethnicity when I think um you know Polish kind of got lumped into white and it's not so distinct as it used to be, which is good, bad, or or however you want to think about it. That that that's just a fact, but. Um, so the, the Polish community was a tight knit community, kind of still on the fringes, not, not widely accepted into the mainstream culture. It's interesting to think about. And there's a, the, the young man protagonist is, you know, doesn't have steady work, but he deals card games, golden arm. He's he's a good card dealer. I, for the life of me, I don't know what would make a good card dealer, but uh, I, I'll believe Nelson Algren. The Golden Arm also plays in that he has a bit of a narcotic habit. Um, it it's heroin, even if it isn't heroin. But he's he's sh- he's shooting up, which is is interesting because we're seeing this at such. You know, it's written in the 40s or 50s, and it takes place probably in the 20s. But you you see a young man's decline from his uh, opium addiction. It's interesting. It's a it's a very good book in that respect. And then A Walk on the Wild Side is the same kind of deal, but a much lighter tone of a young man leaves his podunk country town, house, whatever, goes to the big city and just gets in a series of wacky adventures. It's, it's great. It's, um, it's what the man with the golden arm would be if all the, you know, seriousness was taken out of it. I liked 
the man with the golden arm a little bit better than a walk on the wild side, but I maybe would recommend a walk on the wild side before the other one, just because, you know, that, that lighter tone is a little bit, um, nicer. I, I think the man with the golden arm might be a little bit more accessible. And that's not saying that a walk on the wild side isn't accessible. I think I have a great example of, of, of how a walk on the wild side might be a little, the, there's characters, one of the characters is eating something. And a lot of this is written in the dialect. And the other character keeps asking him about his ingern. I-N-G-U-R-N. Ingern. Man, I'd like a bite of that ingern. You got another ingern? Ingern. For the life of me. Took me days. Onion is what they were saying. Uh, now, one, it's weird that they were just e- eating an onion like an apple. But an ingern, not an onion, ingern. I love it. That that pops in my head all the time. That like when I see an onion, I'm calling it an ingern in my head. You know, walking the wild side has a few of those where you kind of have to think you're um, a little culturally different. I've never seen that as a slang for an onion before. I, I hope I do someday. I would I would love to see the word ingern again. So Nelson Algren. He's connected to a lot of the stuff I like, that that counterculture movement. You know, if, if John Fonte's writing the screenplay and um, you're mentioned in Trout Fishing in America, that's that's great stuff in my book. Give him a read. If, if you haven't heard of him, you're going to be delighted that you did. Okay, in my comic book reading, which I've toned down a little bit, I just finished the third and final book, um, not volume, the the book is three volumes worth of Saga. You know, they, they say they're on hiatus. I don't necessarily, I don't have super high hopes that they're going to come back. I, I always like to be pessimistic because then you get rewarded later if they do come back. It it doesn't it, it's not a satisfying ending and that's frustrating. Um they they need to come back to resolve. Well, you can read it for yourself. Uh, saga, it's, it's, I liked this more than book two because some character arcs do start to come to an end. You don't have so much going on that you can't keep track of it. The artwork, the writing, the colors, the visuals, everything in this book, the, the production value for Vast as the Night could have borrowed some from Saga. Saga is pristine. It's just very well done. It could be, and at times is, a crappy story or a or an overplayed out idea, but they just pull it off because it's done so well. Kind of like a um a Breaking Bad. I the the show Breaking Bad. If I, I'm assuming everyone's seen it by now. Um, and sometimes that, that show just wasn't that great, but it was just done very well. The, the production value was there and that's how I feel about, about Saga. So I, I did the book three, you know, and, and it can continues the same thing. There's a family, 
uh, mom and dad who are very much in love, but they're from warring worlds. So they're on the run, and they're trying to navigate who's friend, who's enemy, and those roles will change with people. And they have a young daughter who is growing up in this world. Um, and yeah, it kind of ends ends in a place where you think you you can't end there. We we, we need a resolution. And that kind of brings me to what we're going to say to close. I am currently reading the next installment in the Wheel of Time series. It's a thousand pages long. I was doing great for weeks reading about one novel every 10 days. That's a pretty good system. I am not going to finish uh, this Wheel of Time book. It's been it's been about two weeks since I've been reading it. it it's going to be about a 40-day book, not a 10-day book. So I'm going to run out of novels. So what I did, I bought the Best American Stories 2019. I can read a couple short stories in a week. So maybe you would like to buy the Best American Short Stories 2019. And I'll let you know a week ahead of time which stories I'm reading and going to discuss. I love short stories. I don't read enough short stories. They talk all about short stories. And what I wanted to mention was the way that short stories end. I'm going to, uh, to elaborate on short stories a little bit more next week. Next week, we're going to be discussing a zombie novel. I want to give you a good example of a poor zombie novel. And the next installment of Astro City, which is good, not great. I know I'm not going to love it, but it's good. But we're going to talk about short stories. Maybe if you can, come across a copy of The Best American Short Stories 2019. We can talk about them together. How much fun would that be? So until next week, this has been Basil Podcast. It has been a pleasure basiling with you. Please stay safe.